gals. Welcome back to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm Brenna, the podcast producer, and we're so glad you've joined us here today. We're talking all about mission and how to use what you've got for the good of others and the glory of God. We pray this episode encourages and equips you to keep going. Jenny, thank you so much for being with us today. Listen, I need to confess, I'm a longtime Jenny Owens fan, like 20 years. Easy. Um. <laughs> Wow, that's so cool. Well, thanks, Jess. It's so fun to get to be here. I am a new podcast fan, actually. So thanks for letting me join you guys. We are so, so thankful you're here. I really do. I have like the sweetest memories of being in college in the early 2000s and listening to your music and learning more about your story and been so grateful for God and you for now, like multiple decades. And I really want to jump in there, just talking about being a woman who's been in ministry for multiple decades. How has it been? How are you keeping your heart soft? (laughs) Tell us everything. (laughs) Well, I can tell you now it's much better than it used to be. So I finally have learned the secrets. Like you have to spend time with God. You have to be with Him. It's not enough to be in places where He might be, but you actually need to spend just intentional hours with Him and for me. These days, a lot of times, that's many hours. And you also just desperately need community. We all need community because that's where we really see God's hand and hear His voice is in the words and and hearts of each other. So for me, those things have been incredibly important. And yes, so that's how we've gotten here. Praise the Lord. But but it's been, you know, I love getting to play music for a living. I can't believe that I still get to do it. I think more recently, I've just written my first solo authored book, and I think One of the things that's been fun in music and in writing and in teaching and speaking is just thinking about the idea, an idea that I've gotten to live out my whole life, but an idea that I get to talk about a lot now, which is the idea that we don't, of course, get to choose our circumstances, but we do actually get to choose the story that our life tells. And so... I do believe that it's possible no matter what we are going through, no matter you know who we are, what we've been through, what kind of challenges we might face, it is possible to live a story of hope. And so I, I think as a young artist, I was thinking so much about the music and how everything was coming together and all of those things. And, you know, of course, my heart was in every part of that. But yeah. I think now just having a mission and having just this exciting story of adventure and hope to sort of share and realize that's a story that we all collectively share in has been a really, really special kind of new part of my ministry. So beautiful. Okay, I would love to hear more about your book. We want to talk about Singing in the Dark. I also want to hear about The Faithful Project, but will you go back a little bit and tell us about feeling called to ministry, to music? What did that look like as you were coming up in this world? That's such a good question because I am probably one of these very odd people that has always had just this love for music and this longing to tell people about Jesus. And yet I was terribly shy as a kid. I I honestly wasn't great at music. I mean, I love to write songs and occasionally would share them in front of folks, but it never went well. You know, I always had the shaky voice and just would be, I don't know, just so uh, I just would walk off stage thinking, why did I do that? Then at the end of high school, 
I began attending a, a church with a large youth group. And I remember that I auditioned for our worship team at the time. And our youth leader, you know, listened to me sing. And I played several of my own songs that I had written. And, you know, she asked me if if I'd play more. And she began to ask me to play those songs during our youth meetings. And for somebody who uh, can't see, I often find that there's a, you know, pretty big barrier between me and the sort of perceived normal people who who can see. And I found that music broke down those barriers and broke down that wall. And so, and I think that also then led to some time, some times of sort of seeing music as the end all be all. So, so sort of making it my idol in a sense. But yet the beautiful thing about that was I just began to realize that, you know, students were hearing in in my songs their own stories. And there was something really beautiful about us connecting in that way. And so when I began to have more opportunities to share music even beyond college, I just began to kind of go, okay, God, what are you doing? Maybe, maybe this is my calling, you know? But it, it was always, you know, I went to college at Belmont University where everyone I knew had their careers mapped out. They knew which awards they wanted to win. And I remember getting there and be like, whoa, this is, this is a lot. Everyone knows they're calling already, but me. And so it mm-hmm. really was just as God opened doors, he confirmed my calling. And I think for a lot of us, it's that, you know, he had placed the love of music in my heart, but he really had to place me in different situations to use that gift to sort of develop it, make it stronger, and then help me to see that it was actually the thing that he was calling me to. Mm, so beautiful. Before we talk about the book, and I want to combine something you said earlier with what you just shared. So you talked about staying in community and staying in God's presence, spending actual time with him. Yes. That's what it's taken to stay in the fight, which I would say, amen. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Have there been times, I'm curious, in your ministry, in your work, that prioritizing those two things has seemingly kept you from moving forward quicker or faster or like letting some of that striving take over. I personally feel like, yeah, that's been true for me. So I'd love to hear what that looks like for you and just to encourage women who may not have ever heard that before. Oh, absolutely. Well, so I would say just as I begin to to share a little bit of that, you know, we have a bit of a problem in this culture, which is that we really do prioritize celebrity and we prioritize the powerful, even in Christian circles. And that is just not, I mean, yes, God uses all of us and, and even those of us that that maybe are known more than others. But as we all know, that is just not the key. That is not necessarily what he's asking from any of us. He's asking us to do what we've been called to do. And whether a lot of people know about that or a few people, the goal is not for for us to go out and just, you know, make sure everybody in the whole world knows who we are and what we do. The goal is to to do what he's called us to do in the place and the moment where we are. And for many years, I thought that the goal was to make sure as many people knew about the music and, and just kind of get my name out there. I mean, I don't know. I didn't probably use those languages, but I, you know, I really was driven by my work for so many years. 
and really was gone all the time. I mean, to the detriment of my health, of my church community, of my time with God, all of those things really suffered because I felt like I needed to live up to the expectations that I had for myself, the expectations that had been given for me. And these days, I would say I probably do lose a lot of I wouldn't say maybe opportunities isn't the right word, but I would say I'm I'm probably uh, not gaining ground in the quote unquote celebrity space because I'm very plugged in at my home church. I live in New York City um, and I help co-lead a small group at my church here and help with the worship team. And uh, we have a, a prayer team that I'm part of. I also am in seminary. And so there's just not time to to just go out and, and knock on all the doors and keep moving forward. And so, but it, and that's really hard for me. It's maybe less yeah. hard today than it used to be, but it's that's always quite a challenge. So I think it's, yeah, you just have to keep kind of tempering that and yeah, just really trusting that the next thing that happens is the next thing that God is intending for me to do. And probably that next right thing has to do with people in my local personal space. So I hope that's encouraging to people that, yes, that's, that's where we get to serve. I mean, we serve behind the scenes. That's where we're really loving and serving and where the Lord is really working on us too. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I feel that exact same way. And and at the same time, I feel like it's just so helpful to say and confess and say, that's even life-giving to say sometimes and less life-giving to live out. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know? 100%. Yes. Um, or less like fancy or shiny or necessarily yes. fun, but it, but it is actually life-giving. It is like spirit- enriching. It's where it's at. Yes. It's long-term life-giving, yeah, I think, you know, yeah. because it is, and I've really had to unlearn because I started right after college going on the road full-time and you learn to sort of crave, I mean, it's kind of like with our phones, we, we, you know, pick them up every few minutes to see what notifications we have. And there's a little bit of that when you have the sort of careers where you're on the road all the time or speaking or singing or, or all of those things, you're like, okay, what's the next thing? What do we conquer next? And yeah. that kind of instant gratification of what excitement is going to happen today. And so I've had to really learn to, to put the phone away and to put my sort of instant gratification desires away and to just kind of do the next thing that's in front of me, no matter how sort of ordinary it feels in the moment, I find later it's, I'm, I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah. I love what you said that we prioritize the powerful and absolutely this like Americanized, you know, cultural version of powerful, but man, his power is made perfect in weakness. That's what he says. Yes. Yeah. So if we want the power, we got to go small. We got to go weak. I love that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I want to hear about Singing in the Dark, how it came to be, what you've liked about the writing, publishing process, what's been hard. Tell us everything. Okay. Well, let's see. Everything. We may be here <laughs> It was so much fun to write a book. Uh, it was very different than writing a song. Songs you can usually write in a few hours, books you can't. So trying to, you know, take the time to sort of think out and outline your chapters, that was quite a new experience for me. It's quite different than outlining verses, verses and choruses, but I really enjoyed the process. And Singing in the Dark came from something I've been learning for my whole life as a person who can't see. I have spent time, you know, 
I guess you could say, in literal darkness. Yet I have learned that God is faithful and that there is, as I was saying earlier, a way to be hopeful all the time, even in the midst of that darkness. So what I have learned from, you know, meeting lots of friends around the world and around the country is that we all know something of darkness, whether we are sort of experiencing deep, difficult suffering or dealing with some sort of a disability or, you know, just some sort of challenge or whether we are dealing with just just the darkness that comes with life, just the darkness that comes with the fact that we cannot sit across the table from God and talk to Him about everything. Just the darkness that means, you know, we have a lack of clarity about what our next step should be. You know, we all know something of at least one of those types of darkness. And so what I wanted to do in this book was to look at not only the songs of Scripture, but also to share my own personal experiences with these songs of Scripture and see how we can learn to sing hope, to be hopeful, literal singing or not, in the midst of any type of darkness that we're facing. So essentially, it's about learning to find hope in a world that does not give us lasting hope. Yeah, so that's, that's in a nutshell what it's about. Hey gals, it's Brenna. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know Team Go and Tell Gals, you know that we are passionate about counseling and therapy. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. What is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you'd like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Or maybe you're not dealing well with stress and you just need someone to talk to. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve abundance. And now you don't have to even worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, a phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to worry about seeing anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. It's always a good time to invest in your mental health. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Go and Tell Gals listeners get 10% off of their first month at betterhelp.com slash goandtellgals. That's betterhelp.com slash goandtellgals. Okay, back to the show. What do you say to those who would say, like, listen, I've tried the Bible, I've tried God's word, I've tried faith. It feels like a lot of hype to me, or it feels like a lot of faking. What's your encouragement for them? Well, the first question that we always have to ask is, is it true? You know, does it provide the most reasonable answer for, you know, how we got here? the beauty of life, the beauty that we see around us. And and I would say it does. And this book certainly doesn't address all of those questions. But I think before we dismiss God and the scripture that we believe came from him, we have to we have to evaluate if it's true. And if it's true, we can't dismiss it. If it's true, it's the way that we know him. It's the way that we truly, fully deeply experience him. And you know, one of the things that I love so much about the Bible from beginning to end is that it is full of stories of people who were the underdogs, were the outsiders, 
people that suffered in deep, heavy ways. So when they come to praise God, they are coming for real. They are coming because He has rescued them from this deep, dark tragedy, from their lament. He has lifted their eyes from their pain, and He's given them hope. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it's first saying, you know, evaluating, learning, diving in to really discover, is this true? And of course, you and I believe it is. And then it's second, just diving into these words and and seeing if we can see them with new eyes and and finding some good teachers to help us do that. Mm. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful for you guiding the way to that. To those words, what a gift. Okay, speaking of books, speaking of music, we want to hear more about The Faithful Project. I have been watching and paying attention, and I think it just seems thrilling. I want to hear, yeah, how did this come to be, and what was your experience like working with these gals? Oh, it is so much fun. I am so excited we got to bring this project to fruition. So here's a real fun story. My manager, David, and I began kind of dreaming of this idea way back in maybe 2015. We were having a meeting one day and just kind of dreaming about the future and saying, wouldn't it be really cool if we could get a group of artists together who really loved Jesus and loved to sing about him and loved to sing, you know, especially to women about the hope that that we have in him and how we've worked, you know, out the different challenges that we face in life in song. And so our idea was, you know, maybe a concert, maybe a tour with multiple you know, female artists. And we began to talk with Keely Scott, who's over at Compassion. And she said, oh, this is great. Why don't you add authors to it? So David and Keely and our friend Andy over at Integrity began to kind of develop the idea. And soon enough, we had artists and authors, you know, in a room having lunch, talking about it. And the next thing we all knew, we were writing songs together. We were studying passages of scripture about women and seeing how God worked in their lives. As I was mentioning earlier, you know, it's so beautiful how God often will use the underdog in the most powerful and beautiful ways. And, you know, in biblical times, society was such that, you know, women were kind of identified by their families and and by, you know, how many children they had, not on their own. And yet we see God in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament, really looking at them and and loving them and calling them out uh, by name and using them in unbelievable ways to share his story and to further the kingdom. And so we loved getting to read those stories and then interpret them in the form of songs and then as well as in chapters in a book. So it's a very, very special collaborative effort. There's everyone from Amy Grant to Ellie Holcomb to Trillian Newbell and Sandra McCracken and just all kinds of other folks that you probably you know, listened to in in music or read in their in their writing. So very, very special time together. I have a question that isn't maybe like the most typical, but that I do think our listeners, it's their follow-up question. So I'll just go okay. with it. What is your experience like being with so many other talented women? Is it just like this is a blessing? I'm so blessed at everybody's gifts. No fear, no hesitation. Or was there any like, okay, all right, let's see how this goes. Maybe maybe I've like got to work through some fear, some insecurity. Was there any of that or did it just feel sacred and holy and easy? Probably a little a little bit of both. I mean, I think we probably all walked in 
especially on the first days, a little intimidated, a little uncertain as to what was coming. But what we did was to break up into groups. Well, so the first thing that we did at each retreat was to come together and write. We had these writing prompts. So we would write from our hearts around whatever idea the writing prompt brought. And so that led to some real honest, vulnerable conversation. And once you have that, it's pretty hard to you know, sort of feel, you know, be evaluating someone about talent and all that. And so, yeah, beyond that, then we would just divide up into groups of three or four and work on writing together. And so we'd spend, you know, three or four hours writing a song together and thinking together. And I think as you connect in those ways, it's much easier to enjoy the process and not feel, you know, sort of overwhelmed by the level of talent. I really just found that I enjoyed being around people who were so much more talented than I am and just getting to be in their presence. It was delightfully fabulous. So, so yes, but, but yes, at first I think we all walked in going, Hmm, where's this going to go? <laughs> it's just true. It's true. But you're right. That's the dream to be around people who can do things that you do, but to get to learn from them and watch from them. It's beautiful when you can just sit back and enjoy. That's so cool. Absolutely. What was your favorite part about working on the project? My favorite part was just getting to create with these beautiful women, getting to hear their hearts, getting to hear where they are, and and then learning from that, wow, our lives are very similar. And and then of course seeing our stories, you know, resonating from the pages of the Bible as we read the stories of so many different women who felt things clearly felt things that we also now feel. And I think just sort of that, those those beautiful connections that we can have as women that are unique because of who we are as women, I think all of those were very, very special. But just, just kind of deepening of friendships too. You know, when we mm. are all on the road all the time, we don't see each other. And especially now that I live in, in New York, I don't see everyone as much as I once did. But, but even then, I mean, you know, you're just always gone all the time. So to get to be in each other's space and learn from each other and listen to each other was really just super wonderful. I love that. So beautiful. Well, we are definitely going to be pushing people towards singing in the dark. We want them to be able to find that on Amazon or wherever they buy books. But Jenny, yes. one last question. How can our listeners, how can they go and tell gals be praying for you? Oh, wow. Well, I would love prayer just in this journey of sharing my heart about mm. the book and encouraging, you know, encouraging folks to really have hope no matter what. There are days that that means I need I need more hope. There are also days when that message is a little hard because I feel like without Jesus, we don't have that hope. You know, Jesus is our true place of confidence and hope. And so mm. That is also a message that sometimes folks don't want to hear. So I just love prayers as I find new and creative ways to share that message. Yeah, that, that would probably be the main thing. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insight and heart with us. We are so incredibly grateful for you. Oh, thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week.